702. The Africa Report with Crystal Odison. Catching up now with Crystal Alderson. Crystal, a very good morning to you. I mean, this story is just one of those, right? It's the stuff of legend in a sense. Thomas Sankara, of course, and how he was murdered uh, by his friends. His friends, no less, right? In 1987, somebody who was going to turn his country around. Uh, and finally, his successor, Blazer Kampare, currently, of course, exiled in Cote d'Ivoire, has been sentenced in absentia in, absentia in Burkina Faso. Morning, Pungani. I thought it was um, important to reflect on, you know, a judgment of this nature um, because, of course, as you say, um, you know, Thomas Sankara, known as Africa's Sheikh Guevara, you know, he was quite, um, you know, only 37 years of age, you know, he outlawed polygamy banned female circumcision, rolled out vast, a mass of vaccination against polio. So far-reaching sort of changes in a country like Burkina Faso. Even he changed the name from Upper, Upper Volta to Burkina Faso, um, you know, meaning the land of the upright. And it really gave a Burkinabes, you know, this, this confidence. And always I had quite a few Burkinabe friends in, in West Africa, you know, and they would talk of Sheikh Guevara really, I mean, Thomas Sankara, as this leader who really brought about change. Like a simple thing, he never had bodyguards, didn't take a salary, always jogged in the capital, Ouagadougou. And then, of course, he was killed by his own comrade, um, who later became a leader, also through a coup and stayed in power. And so, yes, he was, um, I mean, Kompare, I think, living his best life in um, um, Ivory Coast. He even, you know, they said they won't um, extradite him. Um, he's even received, you know, the necessary paperwork for him to completely live a normal life um, in Ivory Coast. But I think for the family um, and for the country, and I think for the continent, is quite significant because I think, firstly, the family saying it, you know, it's a relief. Finally, there's some justice. And now they can actually have a proper funeral for him because, you know, he was simply just you know, buried as a pauper, and now they can celebrate that legacy. Um, I think the trial also represents an effort, um, you know, to establish the truth as well as a belated attempt to impose justice. Of course, you know, some would argue what justice is it when Kompare is living, um, you know, his best life in the Ivory Coast. But I think it is quite significant because, you know, Blaise Kompare will, he'll just have to sit in his house, you know, being locked up, hoping that no one will come for him because now that there's a judgment out, he's been found guilty, um, you know, the people of Burkina Faso now have some truth to what had happened because of course when this happened in 1987 you know Kompare took over and he just said oh well you know Sankara died in a, in a battle and so there was never truth around what had happened how did it come about and now this trial um, it took uh, quite a few months you know there is some truth to what had happened um, to Thomas Sankara. At least it is known, right? It is known what people have long suspected. Talk to me about what's happening in Zambia now. A controversial Mother's Day law causing some upset amongst some women. I mean, I thought, you know, as a feminist, it was quite interesting to read about this. So it's this Mother's Day law in Zambia. It's a day a month for women to recover from menstrual pain um, or any, you know, kind of tiredness they might experience. Um, and so the law's actually been there for quite a few years. But, you know, every so often and right now, it raises all sorts of debate, especially, you know, around productivity. Also, just, you know, post-COVID, the country's trying to rebuild 
enabled. It has a new leader uh, trying to be, you know, productive and, and ensure economic output. Um, and so there's all these arguments within not only the women's movement, but also within business and civil society around what does it mean for a woman to be absent once a month. Um, and of course, companies are saying, look, this is really not helping us. Um, but the law states that companies um, can be prosecuted if they don't allow women um, to stay. For other, for union leaders, you know, it really is significant because they say women carry such a lot of burden. Um, they carry the home. And this is an opportunity once a month for them to simply rest, take time out. And it's a recognition of the role of women in society. And what's quite interesting, Bongani, um, this day is actually observed in several other countries. Japan adopted this legislation in 1947 already. Indonesia, Taiwan and South Korea have all followed suit. Um, and so I think Zambia is the only country in Africa that has what is called a Mother's Day, whether you're a mother or not. Um, I think it's quite an interesting um, debate around, you know, would South Africa ever, um, you know, legislate a special day for women to be at home? Why did why did it have some people hot and bothered? Why was it upsetting to some women? Because they say, look, yeah, even for them, you know, being in the workplace, if you only have women working in a factory, for instance, or at a store, if you have 20 women that are all absent on the same day, um, what's going to happen to the company and ultimately what's going to happen to their jobs? Um, and so it's 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 a perspective from the productivity even from what are the chances that all be all gone in one day on the same day no, uh, but I think it's an it's an ongoing debate in Zambia, you know, that this is what's coming out, even though the day's been there for a few years, it's still not fully accepted by all. I'm and I think it's quite interesting, you know, that they are raising it as an issue. I'm just here for women getting some benefit, right? I mean, how much have women suffered uh, all these years? But we'll leave it there for this Africa report with Crystal Audison.